Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the pilot episode of Open Channel, a Star Trek community podcast. I'm your host, Christopher D. Littlefield, and with me today is Kurt North. Kurt, how are you doing today? Hello, hello, hello. I'm doing fine. Thank you for, for introducing me and uh, bringing me on to this, um, this fantastic voyage that we're going to be tra- um, taking on. How are you? How, how, are things, how are things on your side of the pond? You know, I'm doing really, really good. Uh, I'm a, I'm a musician, so most of my gigs have been canceled or postponed right now. So. Same, same. <laughs> yeah, so I've got a lot of time to to work on other things and all the new Trek podcasts that have been announced. Everything has just exploded so quickly, and I'm really, really excited about all of it. Yeah, it's been it's been a ple- it's been a pleasure to actually see it develop. Um, all the new shows that were announced recently has has been it's been wondrous to see, and and the community around that has been fantastic. So it's going to be a a great, as I say, a great voyage, a great, um, great thing to listen to, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some of the shows, and especially, as I say, some of the the stuff that you're going to do on Open Channel here. I think it'll be interesting to see that develop and uh, to see what other people are thinking. Yeah, I really love the comments that we received for this first episode. I didn't expect to receive so many right. because it's the first time we're doing it over here, but it's really cool because. I hosted a podcast with a similar type of format on another network. So there's a bunch of people from that conversation that commented on this thread and then a ton of new people who I have no idea who they are. (laughs) And I'm so excited to hear from them for the first time. And it just feels like we're building a brand new conversation with all the fans. And that's just so much fun for me. Yeah, this is going to be a nice different way um, for me, something new for me to... um... To look at, and I think it it's going to be really interesting to see, um, you know, as as we get to know that some of the the locals on the on the group and the Twitter theater and whatever, just how um, how that develops and and how because if it's if it's going to be anything like we've got here, I think it's going to be a, a really good really good show. Yeah, I can't wait, and it's so good to have you on. Thank you for joining me today. No, it's my pleasure. Absolutely, um, loving 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 life, loving jumping onto as many podcasts as physically possible. Now, listeners, usually this podcast is dedicated to facilitating the fan conversation about every single brand new Trek episode as it drops. However, while we're waiting for Lower Deck Season 1 to premiere on August 6th and an announcement for Disco Season 3, we figured we'd go ahead and get talking with you and start building our new community of listeners. So for this, our premiere episode, we asked all of you about your Star Trek origin story and why you kept on trekking. Let's go ahead and get this thing going. Go ahead and get us started. Okay, no problem. So first up, I have I have Borgwood92 on Twitter, and who he says, I was 15, watched the TOS stroke TNG movies. And at Rob Vaughan, also on Twitter, he says, I, I remember watching TOS on BBC Two here in the UK when I was young. The stories which reflected a moral issue have stuck with me and helped guide me through my own moral beliefs. The reason I love all Trek. Nice. And Kirsty Keen says, My parents were fans. I honestly don't remember a time when Trek wasn't somewhere. I can say that my journey began with TOS reruns in the 80s and continued when Voyage Home hit UK cinemas in 1987 and once we began airing TNG episodes. But it was truly cemented with the arrival of DS9 when I was 12. I've never turned back. Yeah, Kirsty, I don't remember a time when I didn't have Star Trek in my life either. Uh, I don't really. I think uh, a couple of ones later on, which I'll pick up on, that um, reflect my um, journey into Trek. But just mentioning the uh, the Voyage Home, that my first ever... Star Trek film was The Undiscovered Country. I remember going to the the pictures to see that. It was in uh, screen six in our local cinema. And it was uh, quite a small cinema and it was quite some time after it had been aired as well. So it was uh, it was a bit of time. So it was, but it was a cinema all to myself, effectively. It was maybe about five or six people in there. Um, wow. And it's one of my first memories of going to the cinema. But yeah, so that was what that was uh, when I was early teens anyway. So. Yeah, it was. Um, that's a, a, a recollection I have of going to the pictures, really, and having having to do that and uh, and enjoying myself and and actually re- rem- re- physically remembering going. 
So that's um, so that was something that, that I wanted to bring in there. Uh, I've also got on here from Russ Davis. I said, I was five when Next Generation came out. And from the age of five to 12, that was my trek. But here in KC, we had the original series on Sunday in the early 90s. Luckily, my parents never gave made us go to church or anything like that. So I got pretty familiar with the classic show. Didn't see the original six movies until after Generations came out. And I had seen every TOS until 2011. At this point, I've seen all the movies and all the series except Discovery and Picard, but can't wait to get caught up. Well, yeah. What do you think to that then? Um, you know, coming into the new Trek, how do you think that that will? Yeah. So, Russ, you got to watch Discovery and Picard. Uh, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> Just go for it. And I, yeah, TNG was also my first Trek that I watched on television. But I did see the original series films from Wrath of Khan on in in the theaters. Right. Mm-hmm. My parents did make us go to church, so I didn't watch it on Sunday mornings. <laughs> <laughs> Just maybe Saturday nights then. <laughs> yeah. Any other any other time, yeah. And also Russ says uh he he grew up in KC, Kansas City, which I have been to a couple times. Uh on tour and it's a beautiful town i love it there oh lovely apparently it has the most fountains of any city in in the united states or it used right. to i don't know if this if the statistics are still the same well, well, well let's google that after this then i'll have a yeah. look and work out so what instrument do you play then when, when you've been touring just as a side note oh i'm a so i'm a conductor music director arranger and pianist and then i i also write and i sing as well just a bit of everything then <laughs> versatility is the key yeah yeah for sure fantastic we've um we've actually just on as i say just on a side note you know, going back to what you were saying before about not being able to do stuff i play in a band and um we've just had an announcement over in the uk today that they're going to be able to do open air performances from now so oh. we're, we're fingers crossed that we're going to be able to do a, a gig on the 15th of august which is still penciled in okay so that's um that's something Something good. And of course, you know, as I say, you know, music is always open t- on Star Trek, you know. Yeah. You've got various different um, various different composers and uh, violinists and, and the like, so. Mm-hmm. And especially some jazz. <laughs> yeah. I'll be keeping my fingers crossed for that gig. I hope it happens. I know I miss performing a lot right now. Yeah. Okay, so who's next? Matt Pappas says, My journey really began with Star Trek Voyager and then DS9 several years ago when I was in the hospital for a week. When I came home, I had a long time to recover and not much to do, and I began watching Voyager and then DS9 after. I was instantly hooked and wondered why I never watched it when it first came out. Since then, I've seen each series many times the whole way through. I've been on a mission to read all of the Voyager books and see all the movies I missed before, so I'm relatively new to the Star Trek universe. You know, Matt, for being relatively new to the Star Trek universe, I have to say you've covered a lot of ground, so (laughs) congratulations and good job. Absolutely, I would echo that. To be able to get through the amount of of shows there is, I mean, what is it, 700-odd or something? Um, I I don't even know. It's something like that. (laughs) It's a lot of hours of... A viewing. It is. Okay, so I've got Gilda Corday. I watched the original series movies when as a kid. Then a Trekkie friend of mine really got me into TNG in high school. Watched Voyager uh, when it was aired, but never saw the whole series all the way through. Was away from Trek for about 18 years or so until I saw Discovery on Netflix, and that rekindled my love of Trek, and I have been obsessed ever since. Voyager is my favourite season with Discovery and DS9 a close second. I liked Picard and I've watched some TNG again. Haven't seen Enterprise and can't bring myself to watch the original series for many reasons, but I do love Spock. Trek has always shown a future of optimism, free of racism, sexism, greed, etc. I love the science and exploration and and the great characters and the ships too, of course. Um, I, I would say that just on, just on that, talking about the, the original series, the original series is something that I'm starting to get into. Uh, I've I was amazed. I'm on a very very slow rewatch, so I'm on I think maybe episode sixteen or seventeen of season one, mm-hmm. and I was actually surprised at how many I have already seen because it wasn't a show that I was. I've come from um, a TNG kind of background, 
right. and then obviously into into D- DS9. So um, so watching them, I was like, right, well, I need to get through these at some point. I need to actually physically sit down and watch them. And as I say, the first 16 episodes, there was only maybe four that I hadn't seen before. So I'm really looking forward to to getting back into that and getting into the second season in the next few months, really. Uh, it's just finding the time. But when, whenever there's a spare 45 minutes an hour, you know, stick one on and away we go. So, so you're not alone with that. I mean, it's, um, I, I instantly would say that everyone is welcome. And the fact that, you know, you don't um, want to see the original series, that's more than, I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, I think it's okay. I, I'm, I'm such a completionist and such like a full blown trekker that I want to consume everything, every series, every episode, anything. Yeah. I watched the original series episodes, one summer while TNG was airing and they were playing a different episode. They were playing the whole series over the course of the summer. But I certainly know a lot of people, actually a lot of people that really love Voyager, but don't care for TOS too much, including Liam Smart Right, is one of those people. He won't, he won't, he won't, (laughs) I give him a hard time for not getting into TOS, but I, you know, I can understand why it's, why it's not some people's cup of tea. Yeah. I mean, as I say, I mean, I was, I was actually surprised how strong it is to be fair, because it was something that I, struggled with in some of the episodes that i've seen just when it's been on the on the the local tv shows like bbc2 for example over here uh-huh. and there was a couple that i've maybe seen i've gone oh not yeah okay you know and it's always been a case of i will get round to them at some point but as i say the first the first part of that season is actually i was surprised at how strong it actually is um and you know by 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 no stretch of the imagination is something that I don't want to see. It's just um, just getting round to it. So, but I think, um, yeah. I mean, Voyager was a strange one for me. I mean, actually, strangely enough, wearing a Voyager T-shirt today. But um, th- I think the reason why I like Voyager so much, n- not necessarily as much as TNG or DS Nine. I-, I do like Voyager, but Voyager came out when I was sixteen, seventeen. So it was right in the midst of the obviously the nineties Trek. Everything was out. You know, we had mm-hmm. DS Nine, Voyager, and TNG all around the same point. So it was just a wealth of information. Um, but I would more lever towards DS9 and Voyager in some ways. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And you, you're wearing a Voyager shirt, and I'm actually wearing a TOS shirt today. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stand up for Liam. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Sanford says, It all started because my sister had a huge crush on Will Wheaton. She's not the only one, Steve. She <laughs> taped the first episode of TNG, and I watched it with her. I wasn't impressed. As a big Star Wars fan, I thought the show was boring, so I rarely watched it for the first few seasons. When DS9 started, I decided to give Trek another shot. I liked the premise of the spinoff. I was hooked before the end of Emissary. Been a fan ever since. Nice. Nice, Steve. Thanks for your comment. Okay, so we have someone called Liam Smart. Here, some 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 guy from that some lives guy. in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "My first trek was my dad deciding to let me stay up, as he saw an episode that combined my love for science and love for racing all in one episode, Voyager's Drive. Watched all the Voyager and became obsessive. Dropped off it come 2002, as it wasn't cool, and didn't come back to it until Star Trek 09. Then boy, did I come back to it." I'm guessing that um, that Liam adored the Star Trek 09 film then, did he? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Actually, Liam and I haven't talked. Liam and I are really good friends. We haven't talked yeah. much about the Kelvin-verse films, but definitely the, the love for Voyager we've talked about. And I have to yeah. give a shout out to Liam and how much hard work he and uh, I believe his uncle Gary put into creating all of the beautiful artwork for yes. all of the new Star Trek podcasts. They're gorgeous. I love them. And Liam, you and Gary especially worked so hard and we're so grateful for it. So hard and so fast as well because so they, fast. They, they were only given, I think it was like 72 hours or something. Yeah. At Rinkadink on Twitter says, still in astronomy because of Star Trek and stubborn personality. I relate to that, Rinkadink. (laughs) Uh, Discriminated against in grad school. Always sci-fi nerd, TNG first run, rest followed religiously. Husband is a TOS fan. Star Trek helps me keep faith for what might be for humanity and science. Well, we definitely need as much of that as we can get right now. So I love that comment. 
we do we do and it's um yeah there's a lot going on in the world and um I, I was. I know we're going to. You mentioned lower decks before, but it was, it's fantastic that as as we as we speak, it's a month away. Oh my gosh! Um, it's just nice, you know, thinking how when Discovery season three might have been with us by now, mm-hmm. potentially. But the fact that we've hadn't haven't had anything for a little bit, uh, and we've had this wealth of information coming to us over the last eighteen months, two year, three years, and uh, to have a little bit of a gap, you know, really, you'd kind of really appreciate stuff that you miss. And um, the fact that we've got this lower decks as, as something new coming uh, really is going to be interesting. And uh, and as I say, the uh, the fact that you know we are kind of in different positions in, around the world, but you know we're all we're all going through this process. And I think that mm-hmm. having having Trek on the screen is going to is going to help it in a small way with that. And I'm sure that uh, lower decks will be no different. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so Tiffany Skater on Twitter. My dad introduced me to Star Trek. I started off watching some TNG and then went back and watched the original. I continued being a Star Trek fan because of all the diversity, action, romance, stories, and the acting. I appreciate the work that goes into the makeup and costumes as well. Yeah, I don't think that gets mentioned to uh, as much as it sh- should do, really, with things of the um, the amount of makeup and, and sessions that they have to do for, for stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I can only imagine how often Michael Dawn has gone <laughs> in, in and out of costume over the years, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, especially the the new stuff. I mean, what did you make to the new Klingons? Were you were you pro or against the uh, the new Klingons? I was pro. Pro. Yeah, I I recognize and hold space for the people who would upset for sure because yeah. I get it. But I also I don't mind building on and expanding the mythology a little bit. For me, you know, I'm again I'm along for the ride. I thought it was brilliant what they did with it aesthetically. I think they're it's beautiful and I like how they, you know, incorporated the 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 growing their hair back because the war was over and all of that. I like those kind of explanations. I think it's really creative. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say I didn't mind either way. I think the first season I think was a bit jarring, but I've recently rewatched season 1 of um, Discovery and um you know, the second time running I actually really enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I enjoyed season 1 anyway. I wasn't a big naysayer with season one. I thought season one was quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, there's a bit of jarringness in various aspects, which you know I won't get into in this podcast. But um, there's a few jarring bits. But overall, I found it found it quite good. And um, going back to it and and seeing the Klingon stuff, you know, it wasn't as bad as I I kind of half remember. So um, and the some I think season two they kind of shaped it a little bit more as well. Yeah. But you know, it's season one of a of a TV show. You know, he's telling me that Next Generation season one was uh, was perfect because it definitely isn't. It is definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, so that that's that's good. That's good from that point of view. But uh, yeah, I think it's good to to talk about the the makeup artists and the, and the costume designers and stuff because they do a, a fantastic job. Oh yeah. They sure do. I mean, they the, the, it's amazing the work that they do. Gersha Phillips and Neville Pay. I mean, it's just it's incredible. I really like that Tiffany Skater. You said that you like the romance stories. I like that. I I don't often think about that, but it's absolutely part of part of the Trek story. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. There's been multiple um, show episodes on it, so mm-hmm. you know, and um, and obviously some really important ones as well, kind of ethical re- questionings and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, definitely, um, definitely worth a shout out. My friend Janessa Kiharta says, "My first Star Trek memory was walking in on my brother who was watching Wrath of Khan on VHS." And he had just gotten to the scene where Kirk and company found the murdered scientists on Regula One. Eight-year-old me did not appreciate the slit throats. That really didn't suck me into the Star Trek milieu. And it wasn't until several years later when Voyage Home hit theaters did my interest take off. After that, I was obsessed, particularly with Star Trek novels. And I was staying up well late on Saturdays when one of the local TV channels would broadcast original series episodes every week. I remember when TNG first broadcast, I hated Patrick Stewart's reading of Kirk's Boldly Go monologue and would always mute the TV then. I eventually got used to it around the sixth season. I think TOS will always be my first Trek love, though. I think it was the science that drew me in. I was a weird kid into science and reading, and I really haven't changed much there. Well, Janessa, I love that you're a weird kid, and I don't want you to change at all. 
<laughs> I just think it's blasphemy. You can't listen to Picard and, and Patrick Stewart's voice. That's just, I know. just not right. It's not right. I know. <laughs> I respect your opinion, Janessa. I just don't share it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, to- I, to- I totally get it. I understand it. It's, um, you know, we all have our intricacies and um, yeah, that's, that's fair enough. But yeah, Patrick Stewart's yeah. voice is amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. So now we've got uh, Luke Quint. He says, I was about nine or 10 when I first came across TNG. My older brother had started watching it as it was airing in the UK, and I would sit with him and soak it all in. I didn't understand all the complexities and plots at the age, but it was the genesis of my love of science fiction. Later in my late teens, I would go back and start TNG again and understand so much more. Then I went back to TOS and also watched all the movies. So began my Star Trek story. Nice. Isn't it cool hearing all of these stories from everybody? It is. It is. It's, it's, it's interesting how so many of different people have gone, have gone different ways as well uh-huh. the fact that he's gone back to tos you know into tng yeah, i didn't yeah. i didn't do that i stayed with tng and moved to ds9 um yeah it's it's really interesting how different people react in different ways with it and but it's it's great to hear great to see that you know there's so many different stories and there's one coming up soon as i say which is uh very similar to me very similar to me nice uh thanks for your comment luke entropic enigma on twitter which by the way i love that name <laughs> yeah says, I was like seven years old and TOS was on a replay late at night. I had a TV in my room and I used to watch Alice with my grandmother. So anyway, a piece of the action is on as I'm flipping channels and I was freaked out that Mel from Alice was on this show. So I'm watching and I start laughing during some scene and I got totally busted by my grandmother coming into the room. She explained to me that actors actually do more than one role and the show was made 15-plus years before Alice. From that point on, I wanted to see more of the show, at first to see if anyone I knew from other TV shows was on it, but then as I started watching, I totally got hooked on the characters and the stories, and it drove my interest in science. It's gr- Those sort of stories are great. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big X-Files fan as well, and Gillian Anderson as a Scully had the Scully effect where they saw an uprising in so many people applying to be in the sciences or, you know, the uh, or even the FBI and things like that. And the fact that something like Star Trek or the X-Files can do that and, you know, to bring, you know, to, to really light the fire of somebody that wants to get into the sciences because of Star Trek or because of the X-Files that want to get into the FBI or the sciences, I think is, uh, is really good. And um, I know there's been many a case study on that, and I think it's just really fascinating how, how the medium, as much as it can get bashed sometimes, you know, you think about it over overall that it has done so much good in the world, and uh, the fact that you know there's a lot of things happening today that might, you know, some someone might have watched the Star Trek episode that might be dealing with the COVID nineteen situation, right? For example, you know things like that, you know that wouldn't have been there. And, oh, that's interesting. You know, so many different things that become doctors and stuff like that. So oh. yeah, it's it's re- really interesting, and I think that um, you know it's good that Star Trek is part of that. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. Paloma Bennett. I was 13 or 14. I started watching when I first started watching Star Trek. My parents brought me, or bought me even, the Next Generation DVDs because they knew I would love the show. I watched all the seasons super fast and then moved on to Voyager. I've never stopped watching Star Trek. I'm a Trekkie for life. Trekkie for life. Me too, Paloma. Paloma is also a friend of mine uh, and commented a ton on my other show, and she does a lot of writing for Star Trek for uh, different cover reviews and such. All right. Oh, good stuff. I'll have to pick that up and have a look. It is good to to have you on here, Paloma. And at Mr. Underscore Picard on Twitter says, My then boyfriend nagged me into watching TNG in 2001-2002. I sat down and watched an episode just to make him STFU already. Uh, but I ended up loving what I saw, and from that point onwards, TNG, and then a little later, its captain, slowly took over my life. I didn't mind. Does that mean that he he, he went bald and developed an English accent then, or? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> but I get the uh, the gateway in in your you know your boyfriend nagging you into watching star trek i mean you wouldn't be a a a true star trek fan if you didn't try and get your boyfriend or your significant other to at least try and start watching it right yeah 
I, I'm, I'm guilty of that. You know, she's next door. She's, she watches Star Trek with me. You know, so nice. Um, yeah, she's so not, not as much a bigger fan as I am, but, um, but yeah, she, she doesn't. She, she likes watching it, and she loves, she loved um, Picard as well. So she thought Picard oh, was nice. particularly good. And uh, I recently got recently got me the Discovery box set. Actually, the well, not the box set, the Blu-rays, which was uh, oh, which was great. You know, it was nice to nice to be able to see some of the fe- special features on that as well. So this is what everyone's talking about. Brandy Jacola, who hosts a couple shows on the network too, yeah. and is a very very dear friend of mine. And I don't have a Blu-ray player, so I haven't been able to see any of that yet. Okay, well, we'll we'll find some way. We'll find some way for you to get to watch them. <laughs> um, yeah, so. We've got Shannon 050170. I saw TOS in black and white. I was brought up abroad and only had a little black and white TV. Saturday morning, Star Trek Captain Scarlet, Joe 90, Thunderbirds. Happy days. This is amazing. This is an amazing comment to me that you watched TOS in black and white. I salute you and respect you so much for being an OG Star Trek fan. That's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, some of the different shows as well, Captain Scarlet, Joe 90, Thunderbirds, you know, it's... Thunderbirds, uh, I remember. Yeah, I I've, I remember Captain Scarlet and uh, Joe 90 rings a bell, but it's not something that I can't remember seeing, but they're definitely names that I recognise. So, and yeah. Thunder, Thunderbirds, over here in the UK, we had a TV show called Blue Peter, which was for, for kids. Huh. And um, they made Tracy Island out of like Lou Roll and all kinds of things. And it was a famous, famous um, making using sticky back plastic and the like. Oh, wow. And ev- everyone in the country pretty much made Tracy Island off the back of it. So huh. it, was, uh, it was a fantastic TV show and um, used to be like a weekly thing. Okay. Uh, and you, and people used to get a, a gold badge, a little blue Peter gold badge for certain things. That would, if, they would, um, if they did something really special and they would like honor people over the year and the people who have been on blue peter for example get a little blue badge oh wow so uh, it was it was a great show it's a lovely show uh, blue peter went went on for many a year i don't even i think it may still be on but you know it's been a long time it's been a long time at gordon blake 32 on twitter says when i was about 4 or 5 years old my grandparents hired vhs of the wrath of khan and let me stay up late to watch it with them I was hooked, especially when Space Seed was on TV the following week after that. I have love for the whole Genesis trilogy, even Search for Spock. My favorite is The Undiscovered Country, also the first Star Trek movie I saw in theaters. Okay. You know, I just did a rewatch of The Undiscovered Country. I've I've decided I'm going to watch all of the TOS films in reverse order. All right, and okay. I, oh gosh, I enjoyed it so much rewatching it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I'd say exactly the same as what I said earlier on. It was my first, my first Star Trek that I'd right. seen in in theaters. Um, it's interesting how Space Seed just happened to be around the same time. I like that. Yeah, uh, Space Seed is an episode that I hadn't seen when I did see the Wrath of Khan, and um, I don't think I'd seen Space Seed. I, w- I would have seen, I would have seen it separately. I think Space Seed and Balance of Terror are the two that that stick out in the mind that I actually went out and looked for to see. Uh, um, you know, at the time, I think I must have been on a, not necessarily a rewatch, but I must have saw Rafa Khan at some point, you know, maybe my second or third or fourth viewing, and I thought I need to watch Space Seed, so. Did you love the Space Seed shout in uh, in the short treks, Ephraim and Dot? Well, I haven't seen Ephraim and Dot yet. Oh, so, okay. So, yeah, it's um, the only short treks, because they haven't been, they're not over here in the UK yet. They're um, still not over there. It's still not over here. Um, so I th- we think they're going to come out when season three of Discovery comes out. Okay. So the only one that I, the only short treks that we made a, a an actual mission to see was obviously the one uh, Children of Mars, just purely okay. for make it. So sure. So yeah. So I've still got that to look forward to. So um, you I do. think they're coming. They're coming out on Blu-ray, I think, over here as well. So I'll have to, um, you know, I'll, I'll get that. Well, sorry for the spoiler. It's all right. No, it's fine. It's okay. I'll quickly forget it. It's okay. <laughs> and, I, and I'll just, I'll remember it. I'll just go remember. Oh, Chris said that. All right. So that'll be great. <laughs> and I also really like Search for Spock 2, Gordon Blake 32. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind that whole, I don't mind that whole trilogy. I don't mind yeah. the, um, the fact, obviously, when in the Bird of Prey and, you know, mm-hmm. the, and all that. I, I think it's not, I wouldn't say much, much maligned, but, uh, but it's, um, I wouldn't actively go out and, and watch them, but um, when I do watch like likes of Wrath of Khan and um, you know and Search for Spock, I tend to t- tend to watch them in a row up until the fourth one because it feels like you need to. 
because right. it is a continuing story, which I've always thought was fascinating with with that trilogy of films because, you know, it, it's not separate movies. I know there's some production stuff behind the scenes and stuff, but just having the um, having just the the follow on is it was a really interesting in con- concept in in Star Trek itself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so punk zoologist like it. Um, on Twitter, my mum got me into Star Trek when I was probably about five or six. She watched the original series uh, as a kid growing up in New Zealand. Uh, she was always a little disappointed that I preferred TNG and the newer shows. My aunt also baked me a combadge-shaped cake for my 10th birthday. It's nice. That's cool. Nice. Uh, so Punk Zoologist is Nicholas Paul Collinson, who is also another host right. that you will all get to know a lot better and a really, really great guy, also a scientist, and super, super smart, fun to podcast with. Fantastic. This is what's great about it. This is what's great about it is everyone, everyone's just going to start like really like forming that family, that kind of atmosphere, which is going to be great. Yeah, exactly. And the cake that Nick is referring to I is actually the... My my virtual background for our screenshot for this recording. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> I hope yeah. you don't mind me using it, Nick. It's just so cool. Excellent stuff. Fantastic. Joshua DeVries at Mr. Sosotris on Twitter. Joshua has also commented a lot on my other shows. He says, I am Star Trek IV, the voyage home years old. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I like how he refers. That's that's great to refer to yourself as that old. I know. <laughs> Mom was a mega fan of TOS, and when TNG started, I was a wee baby. Grew up with Picard's crew on TV and the TOS movies on VHS. At six-ish, I remember watching All Good Things at a family friend's house with a ton of people. Didn't really get into the other shows until I was older, but I'm glad I did because DS9 and Enterprise are my favorite Trek shows. I love a little bit of love for Enterprise. Yeah, it's you know, Enterprise. I remember watching that live and I quite I quite enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, I think season three is when there's Indy come in, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. um, and I always remember that quite fondly and the, the Daniels aspect was, was starting to kick in with... Crewman Daniels. With time, yeah, um, with the time war and things. <laughs> and, I thought, I, and, and, I, and, I, and I quite liked it. But I, I, I will say, and this is something I actually thought about before when we were talking about Alice, is it's interesting how, and it'd be quite an interesting concept to talk about, about the actors that come in. So, for example, you've got Scott Bakula there. I was a huge, huge Quantum Leap fan. Oh, same. So the fact that, you know, you've got someone who you know well and have seen well and he's coming into a franchise which you know well and you've seen well. Right. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, you've, you've done the DS9, we've done Voyager and now, you know, Enterprise is coming and Scott Bakula is going to be your main star. Um, you know, and it's interesting to think that the of the new Trekkers, the, new, the people who have come in because of that, because of Scott Bakula or because of... Um, uh, Discovery, you know, because of uh, The Walking Dead, for example, you know, the people like that Sinequa, who made yeah. Sonequa, yeah, Martin Green, yeah. Um, those people who have actually, people have come to physically see because they're a fan of the person rather than the, the, the franchise. Right. And it's a, it's an interesting concept, as I say, with the Alice thing uh, before. And, uh-huh. and obviously, as I say, the Quantum Leap and the uh, and Sonequa. So, yeah, very, really interesting stuff to you know just to see that bump in oh yeah in figures and obviously the Rick and Morty thing as well might even like kick in yeah with people who are fans of Rick and Morty so we'll see and I have a feeling we're gonna see a bunch of cameos from past Star Trek in in Lower Decks as well too just yeah. because of the time that it that it occurs and they can kind of do whatever they want because it's it's animated so yeah well yeah <laughs> you know yeah it, it 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 does sound like a fun premise that you know the ship may be going through something. Mm-hmm. Um, majorly big, and they're just going to be t- dealing with these um, these lower deck people that that might not necessarily talk about right. what the main story is. That's going to be interesting. Joshua, I also wanted to give you a quick shout out to say that I really respect that you added the ellipses at the end of all good things when you typed out the title. Because I'm a huge <laughs> grammar queen, so I love that you included that. Thank you. <laughs> Bonus points. Fantastic. Okay, at Mike Burr 6 on Twitter, my uncle had the 1701D and the Bird of Prey ships to play when I was um, over. Bought season three of Voyager on a sale at a future shop and hooked from there. Distinctly remember the shoot and macrocosm as the first episode that made a big impression. That's interesting that, you know, that, that again, it's like 
Voyager to me was not necessarily the decline of of quality as such, but it was. It's, I think the established is I think is the, is the word. There were some great episodes. I love episodes like the Year of Hell and Scorpion and, and those type of things. Mm-hmm. But um, but there is episodes like Microcosm which are quite memorable, you know, just because of what they were and the, oh, yeah. where they were trying to push the boundaries a bit more. Um, and yeah, I, I thought I think that's interesting that um, you know having people come in at Voyager that Voyager level and you know as as their first show is is certainly interesting because it's not something that I've really delved into the depths of how people react to to that show really and it's right. it's interesting looking back on it the you know my perceptions were i enjoyed it i think it's a great seven seasons i had some issues here and there but then to hear that there's quite a not a backlash but kind, kind of a uh, quite a critical opinion of voyager uh, which personally maybe maybe subjectively i think is is a bit harsh um, because I quite I quite like Voyager, but I wouldn't I wouldn't again I wouldn't put it above you know DS Nine or TNG, but it it was still great television to watch. It's just very different for me. I mean, yeah. there were definitely some episodes that were you know Lizard Babies, for example. Well, well, yeah, we can all talk about the Lizard Babies. <laughs> yeah, uh, but to me, Voyagers. I I don't know. It's just it's a beautiful series for me, and I I really love it. And Captain Janeway is my captain. So right, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite series because that's hard for me to decide, but she's definitely the one that I would want to serve under. Right. Yeah. You think you'd go, we'd definitely go for a coffee with her then. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Somebody posted in the Nexus, the listeners group on Facebook, uh, the, the, all the different things that the different captains yes, drank. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is, this is part of the reason why Janeway's my captain. Because she's, <laughs> she's obsessed with coffee as I, as I am. I think I said that, you know, if I had too many lagers, I don't know what kind of captain I would be, but we'll see. <laughs> right, right. Home in Duai, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, also on Twitter says, The Wrath of Khan and The Voyage Home are and always will be in my list of favorite films. The best of the Star Trek films by far, in my opinion. Trying to get my girlfriend to watch the film series is like trying to get the Borg to act as individuals. She will not be assimilated into the Star Trek collective. Yeah, sometimes it's just not going to happen. And that's okay. They can keep trying, though. You know, there's there's exceptions to the rule. There is exceptions to the rule. You never know. So She might see something she likes one day and could change her mind. We'll see. Keep working on it. Keep working on it. <laughs> okay, so Chris uh, Tribuzio. Uh, I always said that the fandom started, uh, my fandom fandom started later in life. I also vividly remember joining a written RPG titled Starbase 118. This gave me the empowerment not to only enjoy my fandom, but to use originality in creating a character and to collaborate amongst others in a group to build an episode to be published. Say after a week's time, this really took me out of my show and added a creativity that I never thought that I had. So, Kurt, I know Chris Trebuzio personally, and we met last year at Star Trek Las Vegas. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Super nice. Was It was my first time at STLV, so he was, like, super welcoming, and we had already known each other from interacting um, online. But I had no idea about this, Chris. That's really cool. <laughs> it is. I, again, it goes back to that science thing, isn't it? It's a different tact. It's a different way. But, yeah. But it's still, you know, the fact that it's opened, opened up the door for somebody to do something creative and... Uh, you know, and, and actually probably from a mental health point of, point of view as well, that, you know, that, that helps from that point of view that, you know, it opens your mind to, to be able to do something and, and gives you confidence. And I think that, again, you know, if it's something like a TV show can do that, it's, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing feat. Yeah, I agree that, and that's, we could do a whole separate podcast episode about, about how that helps with those kind of things. And, and maybe we'll do that. <laughs> yeah. At some point. Yeah. I'm, nothing's off the table. Right. <laughs> At Peter Trek one on Twitter says, I got into Trek around 82 in high school. I was interested in astronomy, so I joined the astronomy club, another astronomy astronomer here. It turned out everyone there were Star Trek fans, so we spent the whole time talking about Trek instead of astronomy. Since I never watched Star Trek before, I started to watch TOS, and I've been a fan ever since. I liked the optimism and compassionate and futurist philosophies which permeate Star Trek. What a great comment. It is, yeah. The, I, I, I like the fact that they actually were meant to go in to do astronomy and didn't end up doing it. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's great. Again, you know, having a collection of people that have like-minded people. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that brings, again, brings so many people together. And, you know, it, it just it just permeates, as the word he says there, um, through you know the that fact that you know it's it's not it's it's a show that's not lasted this long, um, just because it's a good TV show at the end of the day. You know, it's it's lasted because of the the groups like this and right and and people having experiences like that. And I think that's really really nice to to hear that. I think that's something that a lot of a non Trek fans don't quite maybe grasp at the beginning of understanding the fandom is that it's so much about the philosophies. You know, the yeah. philosophy of Trek. That's that's so much about what 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 ties us all together and what keeps us invested in it. It is. I mean, I think the the also when I found this in the kind of the X Files um, fandom as well that pe- different people will approach it in different ways. So you you might get people who are obsessed about ship design and and the, sure. the science behind that. And I remember having the uh, Michael Okuda book on the Enterprise D. Uh-huh. I think he tweeted something out the other day about that, saying it's still in print. I think. Um, and I, I remember going through that with a fine tooth comb. Just the technical detail was something I was really, really into at the time. It's not so much now, but um, but you know, at the time I was like just obsessed with that that ship, and I wanted to know its nuts and crannies and and whatever. But you know, you've got people like that. You've got people that might come at it from a philosophy uh, philosophy mind, or a, a culture mind, or a political mind, or then you've got people who just want to enjoy the show. So the, right. the fact that you can have so many different people coming at different angles from the show. Um, you know, and have different, and in, even within the franchise as well, with different eras of ships and and shows and things. That I think that the um, you know, it just has a wide scope, and and the fact that we can it can bring people together like that, and you know, and, and have a have a good conversation. That's the main thing for me is having a good conversation and respecting what other people think, um, and and you know, trying to understand why people think one way to another, um, you know. Is is really interesting in itself because some people might absolutely love an episode which someone hates, right? But trying to find out what where the differences are, where some of the similarities are as well, because I've seen that in the fandom before, where you've um, you know somebody absolutely you're both ends of the spectrum, but then you find that there is actually some common ground at some point, you know, during the conversation. So right, things like yeah. that work really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Clara Jean Cook. Uh, as Clara, Clara's been, I've spoken to Clara a few times on the Xcast, and she was on uh, Make It So. She was on the second episode, I think the second episode of Make It So. She's wonderful. Last season, she is. She's wonderful, wonderful human being. And mm-hmm. um, we we spoke we spoke recently as well on Into the Forest. I go on Star Trek Discovery on our Make It So's coverage of that. Nice as well. And we had a, we had a great conversation there as well. Um, but she says I accidentally saw an episode of TOS when I was four years old. I was mesmerized by Mr. Spock, and the rest is history. It was a surprise to my parents at the time, as neither of them are sci-fi fans. For a while, as a very small child, my favorite things on TV were Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, Button Moon, and TOS, all very different, but also had, all, but also had similar messages. My parents would field out any of the more scary TOS episodes, so I didn't watch those, but I think they liked the utopian message. So they let me continue to watch more gentle ones and an obsession was born. I've watched and almost read everything as Star Trek since then. The Trek universe is my happy place. I love that, Clara. Fantastic. The Trek universe is my happy place. That, yeah. That's a potential show title for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> my happy place. And also as well, Sesame Street, Mr. Rudd, Button Moon. I don't know if uh, Button Moon was a fantastic little show. I don't, I don't know, know that what was, that is. It's basically, <laughs> all it was was a, a moon, but it was a, a little pin button. That's all it was, was a button. And it was um, characters made out of wooden spoons and things like that. It was just a TV, kids TV ah, show. Okay. So it's, um, go and have a look at it. It's got a wonderful song, wonderful title song. Go on YouTube and find it. I've got a lot to look up since we've got so many listeners and and people in this community that are across the pond. We're getting we're getting I'm getting a lot of more cultural and and pop culture and TV references than, than I <laughs> than I know. So I'm I'm excited about learning more about those things. Good stuff. JJ Becker, who uh, has commented on a lot of my previous podcasts and always comes up with some really deep thoughts, says, "I come from a Star Trek family." As a young child, the TV was rarely on in our house before dinner time, but I'd see episodes of TOS in syndication at my grandparents' house. I was 10 when TNG first aired and was immediately hooked. 
my parents would tape the episodes each week, and on Sundays we'd get together with friends from the neighborhood, share a big meal, and watch Star Trek together. Since I first sat and watched Encounter at Farpoint one day in 1987, Trek has shaped my thoughts and occupied my imagination. So this was a big social family event to watch Star Trek episodes, JJ. That's awesome. It was, and it's, that's almost like a prologue for a book, isn't it? <laughs> it's his autobiography. JJ is a really good writer. Yeah, it looks yes. like you can tell. You can tell from his from his writing. I think. I know. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Um, yeah, it's 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 nice nice to see to see that, and um, again, you know, looking forward to seeing what what these people, these new people, in my eyes, you know, that are going to say and um, how deep they're going to go, and you know, again, goes back to the whole. You know, each person will have their own opinion on stuff, and and will um display that in different ways and uh, you know it's it's going to be interesting seeing seeing how people react to new and old stuff as well so that's great it blows me away the 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 things that people come up with after the new episodes once we get into new episodes airing yeah and and we do podcasts on that i'm just like i mean it just blows my mind the perspective that people bring yeah yeah it is amazing um, Ian Buckley Star Trek has been my life as long as i can remember starting with reruns of TOS watched with my parents growing up Watching Wrath of Khan is, uh, with them is one of the earliest memories I have. For some reason, I didn't watch TNG regularly until I began catching reruns shortly before I got into DS9 and it was um, as it was airing. DS9 hooked me hard, and it's still probably my favourite series. I caught Voyager as it aired, but missed Enterprise until binging it last year. I've seen every series and movie at this point. I find things to love in all of it. It's such an exciting time to be a Trek fan with so much coming out. I mean, you kind of said it all right there. You did. Right? So so well, so much of what we've already said, you know, stuff like, you know, stuff that com- things are coming out, that DS9 is is um, you know, it's one of my favorite CM shows, I think TNG and DS9 for me. But yeah, I think um pretty much the you know, the fact that it hooked him hard and and being able to binge Enterprises was was particularly uh, an an interesting comment there. The fact that he missed it was is an interesting comment, right? Because it is because I I think from what you've said there, I'm a bit of a completionist as well. I mean, I know I've got the the gap of the original series, but once I started watching the show and anything from that day onwards, I've not missed anything from that. And even so, even if it got to like a, a horrific episode that I didn't particularly like, it's like I'll I'll be back next week. I can't stop watching it. I've done it with The Walking Dead as well. You know, there was times I should have. Um, should have clocked out and gone no i've had enough uh-huh. but um, but i'm still watching it i'm still going through to it and uh, i'll probably watch it to the end so um, yeah. and it has been better it has been better walking dead but um but yeah it, i don't get to a point where i have to leave something i have to i have to complete the, the actual show. i know yeah <laughs> same same i almost left walking dead after a particularly disturbing scene a few years ago uh, it was a double murder situation and it just traumatized me for a day or two. Well, if I think it is what I think it's it is. It's what you think it is. Okay, well, because <laughs> um, that was really interesting because I watched that live. I know it's sidetracking here, but I watched that live on at two o'clock in the morning over in the UK because it was being aired at the same time. I watched it at 5 a.m. late. And then later on, the nine o'clock showing didn't have the full graphic scene. Oh no! So they'd cut it out. So I don't know how many people in the UK have actually seen the original graphic thing. Right. I think the I think the um, it must have been reviewed by the you know the watchdogs over in the UK and gone. No, can't can't, can't do it. Yeah. yeah. So it's probably on the DVDs, but um, but yeah, that was um, I, I was you can, you can call it one or two things either lucky enough or unlucky enough to see it. <laughs> right. Because it was particularly. It's rough. Graphic. It's rough. It was. Yeah. It was. CJ at Tanagra, great Twitter handle. Oh, yes, I like that. Yes, brilliant. I was four or five years old when I first saw TOS. At that age, I probs just liked all the bright colors. I remember TNG being on one day and thinking, this isn't Star Trek. Where's Captain Kirk and Spock? Bear in mind, TNG was in its final season at this point, but I love it all now. I, CJ at Tanagra, I really like how you were a little bit doubtful of TNG at first, but now love it. And you came around and I think a lot of people's first reaction sometimes to new Trek is, is like that yeah, because it's often different. And and I understand when people feel that way for sure. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's still Trek. And if you can kind of 
go along the journey with it and see how it fits within within the universe and within the Trek within Trek philosophies. I think it's so much more enriching to be able to do that. Well, yeah, I mean, it speaks to um, more how the human brain works in some ways because you see that you see this happening in quite a few different things that people will go through denial. It's not my trick. It's not my trick. It's not my trick. Uh-huh. Then they start watching it, and it's like, oh, it's okay. And then you get used to it, and then it's like, oh, well, yeah, I'm actually quite loving it. And then it's like, oh, it's the best show ever. And then you go back around the cycle again. <laughs> so, right. Uh, so it's really interesting, you know, the fact that you know it does take some people some time. I mean, as I say, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about a discovery, like I mentioned before, that you know it wasn't particularly you know my favorite trek. I enjoyed it. I watched every single episode, and I actually really enjoyed it. I, I liked it more, a lot more. And some people did, mm-hmm. but I wasn't absolutely enamored with it. I didn't. I didn't. It didn't instantly call for me to rewatch it again. I think personally, from my personal point of view, is that I was expecting more of a season arc than I, than we actually got with the Klingon War stuff, and I was expecting mm. other things. So my expectations were slightly different. Sure, but um, when watching it again recently, I actually certain certain scenes or certain points in which the story was told which I thought was either earlier or later in the show, actually fitted in a lot better than I thought, than I remembered, because everything gets condensed. So, um, so yeah, so watching it the second time around, I, still, I've got the same thing. You know, it's, it goes around, you don't necessarily love it, you, you get better, and then eventually, you know, you'll come around to it, and, you know, where you land might be different. It might not be that you absolutely love it, but, right. you know, you come to accept it and, and, and see stuff. And because we don't have, we don't really have perspective when it yeah. first comes out. There's no perspective. We're getting it brand new. So, you know, in in a few years or however long Discovery lasts, we'll be able to have season one in in a much more well defined yeah. place. You know, yeah. in perspective. And it can happen both ways as well. You know, you can think something is absolutely incredible. I mean, I will absolutely say I was just waiting for Star Trek Picard. That was that was for me when I heard that was in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. I was like, this should have been the show that came out first. This should have been the show. And um, the fact that you know you get to to watch it and you see the first episode and you think this is amazing. It's absolutely the best thing I've ever seen on TV. It's not the best episode of TV I've ever seen. It's not. But yeah. you know when you go back to it and go, well, it wasn't as good as I thought it was, but it's still damn good. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, yeah. yeah. So it happens both ways. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Right. Okay, so I've got, and I quite like this um, this mashup. So at Jedi Jedi Hobbit ninety nine on Twitter, <laughs> uh, my dad surprised me and took me out of school when I was six to go and see Star Trek Four opening day. It began began a tradition of he and I going opening day to all the Trek movies from Voyage Home to Insurrection. We watched TNG together all seven seasons. Trek is very important to me. Okay, Kurt, this Jedi Hobbit ninety nine this this comment hits me really close to home because it was my dad that got me into star trek right and uh watching the original series films in the theater and we still if i'm if i'm visiting well i'll take him to a star trek movie in the theater we saw the 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 kelvin verse movies i took him to see those in the in the theater and uh star trek for the voyage home is my favorite tos film too brilliant stuff i think that's that's great um i i think the tos i personally would go with six or four i think four okay. four is the one i most i remember the most because at my age it would have been on the tv quite a lot mm-hmm. um so and then obviously six because it was the first one i'd seen in the cinema so i think the two between the two i kind of um joined it through the face of it, it just happened to be on at tea time on a on a on a on a sat on a, a weekday evening monday to fridays so I tended to um, watch the show on TV and watch it out of order ah. uh, for a while, for, for for quite some time, because it was like I'd catch it on a Tuesday, then I might catch it on a Thursday and Friday, but not see Monday and Wednesdays. So I did that for for some time. Um, and then w- the way that I kind of caught up on it, it was there was a bunch of um, VHSs that came out, which were the movies, the TV two-parters so you've got like the descent and the best of both worlds and oh yeah you know times arrow things like that um and i caught up with them um uh, the gambit um two-parter as well and then eventually it was the case of right now i'm going to w- watch the whole season um uh, the whole seven seasons in a row kind of thing so um i think it must have been because next generation was 87 88 wasn't it so 
I think it must have been, hmm, let me think. I'd say I was probably about 13, 14. So I'd say by about season four, season five is when I started to go through the, the rest of the seasons. Ah, cool. Yeah. You can't really do that now anymore. No. I think it, because, you know, the, the seasons are so much, you know, they're, it's an overall arc and they're in like a book. I give one of my... One of my friends, Edward, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I give him a hard time for teasing me and saying he's going to watch episodes out of order of Discovery. And I'm like, you cannot do that. No. Absolutely cannot <laughs> do that. It doesn't work. It's not going to work. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's t- TV's moved on since then. Yeah. All right, listeners, let's move on to a few of your deeper thoughts to close out this conversation. Jane Boyle says, I have been watching Star Trek since it first arrived in the UK. I watched with my father, who was a great fan of cowboy films and television series, including Wagon Train, and incidentally likes the Hornblower books, as I do myself. You could say that we were the people for whom Star Trek was made. Watched all episodes as they were broadcast, no catch-up or recordings back then. It's hard to know why I continue to watch. TOS was, I think, a good sound adventure story series with people who were striving to do the quote, right thing. TNG continued with the feeling that here was a better future, yet with recognizable relationships to the current time. DS9, my favorite series, still had the strong moral sense, while recognizing that what was right is not always easy to define. But if they weren't good stories with sympathetic characters, the morality or otherwise wouldn't matter. There's a lot of fun in Star Trek. The crews are the kind of people with whom you'd want to work. Trustworthy people who would have your back without being preachy drips. I love that. Yeah, that, that's interesting, the, the look on. Because I think we always, you know, people will talk about Deep Space Nine being the darker show. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things like the Pale Moonlight, for example, is the obvious one that people will go to. But right. Um, but then having, if, if you look at it from that point of view, that the the way the original series was to Next Generation to Deep Space Nine, that you're seeing that evolution of how how things worked and how how you know even like sort of media as a whole was working. I mean, Deep Space Nine we could probably go on for hours about how that began to serialize towards the end of its run and. Definitely you know, looking at how they brought Worf in at season four and the Jed's the, the Dax arc, you know, mm-hmm, arcs. Yeah, yeah. So things. So, so so having having that arc and obviously that moved on a little bit more with Enterprise, but had a bit more levity to it because I think it might have reacted a bit much to what the uh, criticism of DS Nine was that right. It, it, and I say that even though there was a, a, a terrorist attack on Earth at that point, which. Um, which I, I do get, mm-hmm. but the, the actual the style—I mean, the stylized, stylized aspects of Enterprise more than the actual subject matter. With Deep Space Nine was a very dark and gritty, and you know, and dealt with these um, these issues and and how people deal with it. Whereas Enterprise was a reactionary tale, right? Um, you know, and, and given given the fact it was post nine eleven kind of thing, it makes sense for it to do that. Yeah, it's interesting the context of of the time in which these series came out. Yeah. says so much yeah because you think about ds9 there's a lot of like militia activity and you know i think it uh, that dealt with that and and obviously enterprise you know that dealt with a completely new new world and no doubt you know when we when we do get beyond this um this pandemic that we're currently going through that you may well see that tv will start to um be informed by that as well and yeah you'll see you know star trek take it take a tact on 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 what it's like in in a, in a post-covid universe and right you know, and uh, not necessarily directly, but definitely thematically, and definitely some philo- um, having the philosophy and things like that. I think might well kick in because the world would have changed. You know, there's 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 no doubt, no getting beyond that. And it's going to be the culture that wins. The culture wins. You yeah. know, and that 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 includes artistic ins- expression, especially. I think. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So that that was that was a really nice nice thought, um, Patrick Carlin. I've been trekking pretty much my whole life. Many of my earliest memories are watching TOS with my mom when I was three or four. I remember us checking out the VHS VHS tapes from the local libraries when I still lived at my family's place. We we pretty much always watched Trek together, whether it be TOS, TNG, DS9, Voyager, Enterprise, all the movies. My mom and I have always been close, and Trek was probably our strongest bond right up to Super Past back in April. 
the last trek we watched together was Picard episode Nepenthe. So that one will always be very special to me. Um, yeah, and our, our heart goes out to you, Patrick. And, um, you know, yeah. at least you've got that, that memory um, of watching Nepenthe, which is a particularly um, poignant um, episode, I think, really. So, yeah, so our heart goes out to you. Um, what I do want to mention on that as well, just to, on a separate note, is um, the local library thing. Because I remember that Voyager, Voyager as I say, was around 90, 1996. And I remember being in sixth form um, and there was a, a, a library right next to our school, right, right next to it. And they had to, they didn't have a choice. We had a little um, club, like a choose the, choose the night club. And they had to, every single release of Deep Space Nine, get the VHS for me because that's the only way I watched oh, it. Oh, wow. So it was literally, they had the full collection of Deep Space Nine in their library. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so, and how exciting was that to get the tape? It was brilliant. It was brilliant. It was like straight away, you know, once once the, the club would come in, you'd go in on a Tuesday night and you'd say, Kurt, 4.2's arrived. <laughs> they were like, wow. Yes, yes. I've still got the, I've still got some of the videos, actually. Um, I got I got given one of the videos, a few of the videos, um, because they were just getting thrown out at the end. Um, so I've got things like 4.2 and 4.6 and 7.2 and, and all kinds of things just, um, separated on VHS. But, but yeah, it was, um, it, it went on for some time that, you know, cause obviously it was seven seasons, but, um, you know, I think it was around about seasons four and five that, you know, it was literally every single time and they would say, Kurt, it's arrived. I'm like, right. I'm going home now. Bye. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Yeah. I love that. You know, Fantastic. a lot of people won't, won't, younger fans won't, won't get that type of culture, you know? No, no, exactly. It's interesting. Patrick Carlin is a wonderful, wonderful guy. And we've, we've been on episodes before together. And it's so good to hear you share this personal story, Patrick. Thank you. Mark Rodriguez, who I've also met in person, he lives in Manhattan. We met last year says, in 1969, I was going on five. I liked to watch TV on the couch with my dad. It's My World and Welcome to It was a live action show about a cynical cartoonist that my dad liked to watch, and it starred William Wyndham. Sometime in late 1969, I was changing channels, and I saw William Wyndham crying in shock, describing something, quote, straight out of hell on a spaceship. As a child, I loved sci-fi. I had moved from Gigantor and Speed Racer to Lost in Space and Land of the Giants. I watched The Doomsday Machine that evening and have been hooked on Star Trek ever since. It is my favorite TV show, sci-fi property, and book series in the world. I had all 79 TOS episodes recorded on audio tape and memorized most episodes, including script, musical cues, and sound effects. Wow, Mark, that's impressive. I was a classic nerd. I attended my first Trek convention in my home city, New York, at eight years old in 1972. Wow, that's that's amazing. How awesome, Mark. Thank you for sharing that. Even the people that I know, I don't know these stories. So it's like mind-blowing. Yeah. It's so awesome. We have definitely chosen the right um, start off, haven't you, really? Because obviously this is uh, something that you wouldn't necessarily normally get to do. So I think it's really nice. Yeah, I and I couldn't decide what to do for the episode, and then I was just like, you know what? This is a great place to start. Let's like let's like talk about why why we're into it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes absolutely sense when you think about it, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. Okay. So her peak of highness, I was nine, um, having just emigrated to the U.S., flipping through TV channels, saw a random Voyager episode on UPN, and found it interesting, so I kept watching. Then later on, I heard the new show Enterprise was going to start, and that became my Trek show. I've got faith of the heart. Yeah, certainly have. Uh, Enterprise helped me through the adolescence and trying to navigate coming to a new country, a new school, uh, and learning a new language. I say Trekking ever since, because the franchise tells stories that matter, that teach you how to be a better person. Brilliant. Her Pika Highness on Twitter, Belinda, is also, and I think also Captain Pikachu is another name that she <laughs> uses on Twitter and comments all the time. And I, I love hearing about your fandom, Belinda. I didn't know that Enterprise was your show. That's really cool. Yeah, it's great. I think I have seen um, Pikachu going around, Pikachu going around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Very definitely. concerned with OSHA regulations not being observed 
uh, in Starfleet ships, <laughs> <laughs> including seatbelts and stuff. Well, you know, they've got them in all nine and um, beyond. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, listeners, that brings us to the end of your comments this week. Thank you so much for providing such fascinating and personal stories about your Trek origin stories. This has been so cool, so much fun, and I I just love it feels like I'm talking with you guys when when we when we do these podcasts and it it just really it's really nice. Kurt, what'd you think about hearing about our listeners? conversation it's been great this episode no, it's been great 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 to see um you know and, to, and, and also a great introduction for me to kind of get to know some of these people that as we as we go along the, the journey together that you know the, the, these people will be popping up from that um, from here on in and uh, you know I, I may have seen i may have seen or, or or saw a couple of names here and there you know and and cross paths with some of them but um you know and potentially heard some of these comments before in previous podcasts that i've listened to on the occasion that I've jumped in and, and listened to, but um, it's definitely worthwhile, and it's I think it's definitely been a worthwhile exercise in in trying to to get to know what people are really into, and and hopefully that will that will flourish and more people get involved. And I'm looking really forward to seeing how Open Channel kind of brings everything together um, through all the various different shows. Thank you so much for being here today and for doing this. No, thank you very much for for having me, and it's it's been a pleasure, and um, I look forward to podcasting with you again sometime soon. You can join the Open Channel conversation on Twitter and Facebook by following us at Open Channel Trek and join our listeners group on Facebook by typing the Nexus into the search field. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at CD Littlefield. We here at Holosuite Media are so excited about all the incredible new content we're cooking up for you. Keep a lookout for my conversation threads on Facebook and Twitter and thank you for listening to Open Channel. Channel Open, standing by. Star Trek Birthday Cake. This show is brought to you by Hollow Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Hollow Sweet Media programs. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for Starbase One, a Star Trek Online podcast. I don't really think that's a good idea. I order you to do it right now. Warning the structural integrity field has collapsed. This is Admiral Quinn. You will be assigned to Starbase One. Welcome to Starbase One. I'm Colin. I'm Admiral Aaron. I'm Dave. I'm Steve. And I'm Tom. Starbase One is a dedicated Star Trek Online podcast. If you're a first-time listener, hello. If you're a dedicated decade listener and you've been wondering where the hell we are, we're back. Loading Suite preview program for... The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. During the whole lockdown around the world, Enterprise is having a surge in popularity. I don't know if you've seen it. That's what I've been hearing. It's crazy, like the Facebook groups, Twitter, everyone is talking about Enterprise. And I didn't realize so many Trek fans had never even watched it. It's nuts. People call themselves lifelong Trekkies who've never watched it and are loving it now. I said to someone a week or two ago, I said, look, I'm so glad that you're finally getting around to watching it and enjoying it. But where were you guys <laughs> 15 years ago yeah. when we needed did you when the show was on the edge and then ultimately got cancelled? Computer, deactivate Holosuite.